What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Tilt Mavericks podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Marshall, joined by my others. I'm Josh. And I'm Phelan. Today, we're going to be talking about Mega Man ZX with a short little review. Uh, the Magic the Gathering current band list that just released, and the Monster Hunter movie and video game movies in general. an exciting podcast for you today guys it has been a little while since we posted real life kind of kind of sometimes gets in the way and real life fucking sucks it does <laughs> uh, it's just every time we've tried to meet up uh one of us had something come up then we had technical issues but better late than ever i always say we want to actually make sure we have a good cast yeah and you will notice uh once again we are a crewman short uh say you know same same thing as before Dom's at college. That's very important. So we're not trying to get in the way of that. We try to work around it when we can, but yep. you know, some sometimes it just doesn't line up, and it is what it is. Yeah, he's he's working towards a brighter future, and that's way more important than sitting around with us knuckleheads trying to talk about video games and other media. So um, we hope he's getting some good rest and relaxing a little bit. Um, so uh, let's kind of start out talking about the week. Uh, Phelan, what about you? What did you what have you been up to, man, in the last couple of weeks since we last uh hung out? Um well I you know, continuing that that Mega Man marathon, which we're you know, we're gonna be talking a little bit more about that. But I started Mega Man ZX Advent. Uh so far I'm loving it. Uh not really much to say. I think I'm about maybe like maybe halfway through the game, maybe. I'm not entirely sure because I've never played it, but so far enjoying it. Um among other things though. Uh, this is probably the really big one. Uh, is I, I've gotten back into Teppin, which uh, for any of the any of the listeners, if you're unaware, Teppin is a digital card game. Uh, it's basically a Capcom crossover digital card game, and it's handled in like real time and it's not turn based, so it's a little different. It's a little unique, um, but it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I played it a shit ton when it first came out. Uh, I took a break. Or rather, I left the game, I should say, more accurately, uh, just because I kind of didn't like the meta. And it was, at the time, they were releasing sets, like, super quickly, so it was a little hard to keep up. Yeah, I kind of um, real fast. Yeah, you and, I, for you sure. and I were trying to make videos on it, and it just, we couldn't keep up and not do that and work and everything else we were planning back then. Yeah. Um, but uh, on October 1st, uh, they released a new set. Uh introducing uh amaterasu as the game's newest character uh which is really cool who's um, that oh uh amaterasu <laughs> from uh the okami games if you've ever heard of okami um or if, if you're more of a marvel versus capcom guy uh it's the really short white dog that is probably giving you some trouble um, <laughs> go play okami really good- it's got a really good lockdown assist. I actually I want to play Okami. I remember downloading it on PlayStation 3 
years ago and be like, I can't wait to play this, and I never did. It has an HD remaster. Go play it. <laughs> it is so good. It's on my list. It's on my list. But anyway, so the, the new set came beautiful out. too. Sorry. <laughs> uh, a new set came out. New season started, and I was like, okay, I'll jump back in. And I was looking at all the changes. Um, I missed the meta where my favorite character X was fucking good, and I'm pissed. <laughs> but it is what it is. He's like I said, he's he's my favorite character, so I'm gonna play him anyway. And I, you know, Zero's in the game now, so I play him now too. Um, but I've been having a blast with that. I am currently rank A2. So if I just class up two more times, I hit the highest rank champion. And I'm going to be super excited if I can manage to do that before uh, season 10 ends this month. Uh, so we'll see. I don't make two uh, card games I'm going to get my ass beat in. Mm-hmm. You I'll won't have, even know. You'll beat my ass at Tepid and Josh will beat my ass at Magic. But aside from that, uh, <laughs> the only other thing I've had going on is that I picked up uh, Mario uh, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. I get the names of that one and Mario Kart Tour mixed up. Very different games. Um, if, and if any of our listeners don't know, essentially it's a Mario Kart game with an RC Mario Kart. And they, they announced this the same time they announced the Super Mario 3D All-Stars and the Mario 35th Anniversary um uh direct i fell in love with it instantly i mean i i'm also the same guy that bought all four fucking labo sets (laughs) um i i love it when nintendo does cool shit like this it's it's very unique uh and as always it kind of goes with their mo of trying to push the boundaries of what games can be uh and of course I think like I mentioned an episode or two ago, my first game I ever played was a Mario Kart game. So it's not like I wasn't going to pick this up. Like I, I, I have a very, very strong attachment to that series. Uh, and I've been playing it, dude. It's a lot of fun. I, you know, it, it, it's crazy to me the way they make these things work. Um, and I will admit, if you don't have like the largest living space, like I, I don't. I live in an apartment with two other people and it's kind of cramped. Um, it, it, admittedly, it is going to kind of, I guess, hurt the replayability of it. Because the way my apartment's set up, I can really only create one track. And I can only really do that when I can ensure a lot of people aren't going to be walking around the place. So it's a little tough for me, but it is a lot of fun. Having a little RC cart kind of, you know, come out the corner of my eyes. I'm watching the TV is hilarious to me uh <laughs> and it actually it the, the the physical card itself responds to what happens in the game like actually speeding up with mushroom power-ups and actually like swerving uncontrollably if you you know get hit by something it's it, it's a super cool little thing um then and like if you're like me and you appreciate that weirder side of nintendo i definitely say it's worth it it is a bit a bit hefty on the price, uh, sitting at a hundred bones retail. Um, however, I will for the camera. What's up? It's mainly the camera you're paying for. They just basically took the same RC car they already released, put a GoPro well, yeah, on top so, of it. Yeah. So the the if you buy it, it actually doesn't come with the game. The game is a free download on the eShop. So when you buy that, you're literally just buying the cart, as as well as like all the all the cardboard stuff that the camera scans to relay information to the game and all that kind of stuff 
I mean, um, Nintendo knows how to gimmick, man. They have always known how to gimmick ever since the '80s, man. They have it, always known how to do it. It's it's like I said, they they one of their core values, I should say, um, is is innovating games and making them more than you know just just finding unique ways to play <laughs> games a new way to play uh and it's 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 a it's something about the company that i that i absolutely adore um need, need i bring up the fact that i bought four labo kits again um but yeah no it's great um if you want to buy it at a brick and mortar store i'd recommend going to walmart i sell it for 90 um otherwise i think you're only going to find them online because i went to best buy target and GameStop and none of those stores had it on launch day. So either check your local Walmart or be prepared to pay for shipping. But that's all I got. I know I kind of windbagged my week there. It's gone, by the way. Oh, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, you heard it You heard it here first. Our local Walmart no longer has any. Oh, man. It's it's seems super interesting. It's I know I want to get the Luigi cart because I have a big infatuation with Luigi. Take that as you will. Um, but I've always loved Nintendo gimmicks too. I never bought into the Labo though because I didn't have a Switch at the time. And although back when I was a kid, Rob the Robot was the shit. So <laughs> I I remember growing up playing with that annoying little shit and. Uh, so yeah, this is like the this is like the Rob the Robot of 2020, and I think Nintendo could do something really big with this with other franchises too. Like, imagine something like this with Star Fox. Oh my goodness! Well, I mean, we sort of sort of got a taste of that with Starlink. I know the figure doesn't really do anything, but tech toys to life technically kind of. I'm know talking about a drone, like a Star Fox drone. Oh God. That would be that would be so expensive. I'd that love would be it, and dope, I would buy though. it. Well, you that can get a so you can get a video drone for eighty bucks. So the technology is really? cheap enough now. Yeah, um, I had a little Viper. Um, I lost it very quickly once I brought it back home. It's in the tree right outside the house, um, the neighbor's house. It's up at the top because <laughs> the video feed didn't go that far, and I lost. I actually still have the video on my iPad of it crashing in the tree, but um, oh, it was it was only. It was only 80 bucks and it worked pretty dang well. So I could potentially see that maybe within the next 10 years, us having, if this does well enough, um, we can maybe see something Star Fox, another Star Fox related, maybe even F Zero style thing come back. You know, they could totally do it with the, with a, the, an inflatable hovercraft kind of thing where we have like an F Zero style game come back with uh, this. Or that would, that would require Nintendo to, to acknowledge the fact that F-Zero exists. Well, they do, but remember, they create the technology first and then pick which franchise goes with it. They, this is they, true. So that's the whole reason why I think that Nintendo has been sitting on so many IPs is because the tech, they haven't created technology that that franchise suits yet. Like with the Toys to Life action figures, that's, you know, they thought Starlink would be a great one for that, you know, Star Fox figures, whatever. But look at all the games like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, the 3D backgrounds. We had uh, Super Mario, um, Super Mario World showing the new graphics, Super Mario 64, first game showing the 3D aspects of everything. Um, you know, Nintendo's really good about doing that. Once they find a new type of technology, they'll have a game that's perfect for that. So um, maybe who knows what the future can hold. 
for sure for sure man i'd like to see it but josh what have you been up to dude not a whole lot same that i'm usually up to build in magic read about magic <laughs> working getting, in, getting into the war yeah i uh recently renewed my wow subscription going back down that hole <laughs> uh, I, and I, I will probably be, be right behind you probably yeah uh made a rogue <laughs> last time i played i played demon hunter decided i'm gonna actually give like a full effort into rogue now try that out but uh nothing too crazy i uh got my ninja commander deck Mostly oh my god it's, i like it it's both fucking it, disgusting both of these guys have felt it in 1v1 so i haven't oh gotten my god. a group game yet <laughs> it hits it hits hard yeah i uh which one of my new cards for that came in today and i got three more on the way but i'm gonna do like one more order for that and then I'll probably have that deck well enough to where I like it for the most part. And gonna move on to Popper and whatnot. Build a Popper deck and continue down my hole and just building more and more magic decks. <laughs> Hopefully but, uh, I'll be able to keep up. Yeah. But uh besides that, nothing too much. Uh besides today I signed for my promotion at work. So, I'm not going to go into specifics. These guys know more, but I'm not sure how much I can technically say, say it. But that's official, so that's pretty cool. That'll be really nice. Woo! I throw a party. I throw a party when I come <laughs> down there. Celebrate! But, uh, besides that, nothing too crazy. Really about all I've been up to. I don't know. What about you, Marshall? Um. Well, since since we were talking about Magic a second ago, I actually started my build. I started my first official build. Um. I went off a recommendation that uh Josh gave me, and I got the merciless. What is it? Merciless Rage. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, commander deck, and then I'm going to be switching out the commander for uh Edgar Markov. It's going to be a vampire build. Um, and I just. Because I don't have a lot of spending money right now, because I have my my interests in other things, which I'll explain here in a second. Um, I don't have a whole lot of spend on, but sixty bucks to build a decent commander deck, not bad. So, um, got that started. Super excited about it. the deck. Just came in today. Um, haven't got to look through it yet because I have we had to do the podcast, so I had to have to wait until tonight after me and my wife have our Waffle House date. Gonna open the deck up and check it out. That ain't redneck as shit for you. <laughs> Data Waffle House. Uh, hey, listen, Waffle House is, is not bad. I enjoy Waffle House. Dude, their waffles and their cheese eggs are amazing. That, that, that's where we should have gone instead of cookout. We should have fucking gone to Waffle House after our fight nights. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I, I say that. I haven't been to Waffle House at least in like two years. Shit, when I come down, we'll go. We'll, we'll all go to Waffle House for our late night uh, food run. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but pretty much been slowly doing that. Been building my Teppan deck uh, to play with Phelan. Like uh, like he said, we had we actually had both started about the same time. And we were kind of up really high. But all of us actually were 
Um, all four of us were playing it, um, and then slowly, one by one, everybody started dropping out. Me and Fanley kept with it a little bit longer, and then I dropped out, and he dropped out shortly after, and I came back when Zero was released, played it for a few, a little bit. Now I have to start completely from scratch because none of my save data did anything. I didn't have my code to get any of my stuff back. Um, but slowly I'm working on an Amaterasu deck and a Morrigan deck. Morrigan deck. Um, and then been uh, grinding out some kind of fun games on my PlayStation 3 and uh, some horror games. Uh, just picked up, uh, what is it? Phantom Fan Fano for... Oh, Phasphobia? Yeah, Phasphobia, because um, a lot of people showed interest. They want to play that. Um, so I think our group has talked about playing it, and then I have a few friends back from Kansas that have been wanting to play it, and so I have something set up with them for Friday, and then just to kind of play for a few hours, and then we might play it, hopefully. Um, I've been playing a game that is totally underrated, and I fucking love it. Have you guys heard of the game Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard? Uh, I've heard of it. You've mentioned it several times, and uh, <laughs> no, that's that's all I know. You've mentioned it several times. <laughs> Josh, have you heard of it? No. Okay, so basically, what it does is take Duke Nukem and parody it. Think about um, Rambo, and then there's um, what was it? Hot Shots which, or no? Wait, wait, which hold on? Isn't Duke Nukem already sort of a parody in and of itself? Kind of. He turned into that during Duke Nukem Forever, but okay. what Eled does, it takes that style of Duke Nukem character, like cocky, egotistical, kind of badass Bruce Willis kind of macho guy, and then yeah. it makes fun of every freaking video game genre ever. Like, you go, it's basically about Matt Hazard, who uh, this is his first game, but it talks about him being the biggest video game icon throughout the years, and him being in all sorts of video games and everything like that, and they're supposed they're trying to retire him by killing him off because he's on a lifetime contract with the company, and he's like self aware. He's he's a program that's self aware. It's kind of weird, but this is this is supposed to be his return. I say that in air quotes, but basically, um, the new company owner, the old company owner, steps down. A new company owner takes up, and they want to kill him off because he has. Uh, a raging hate boner for Matt Hazard completely because he can never beat the games as a kid. So he's trying to <laughs> he's trying to kill off Matt Hazard by throwing all these things with him and throwing him like stuff from all of the games he's been in previously. So it goes through like a western, a space shooter, um, a RPG like Final Fantasy. Uh, but you have all your same abilities, but the characters change and the enemies change based on what where you're at in the game, and then they'll randomly show up later on. Like, you'll have cowboys in this weird underground silo, and then this uh, weird Russian dictator trying to shoot at you with rocket launcher, you know? It's... And then you face a boss that's like uh, Sephiroth and Cloud from Final Fantasy, and you're sitting there with a gun shooting him, and the character's up there with the menu scrolling down, picking the items to what attack and things he wants to do. And just the achievements, the commentary, it's it's not the best game out there. It has not aged very well. The controls are kind of poo-poo, but the game is so funny, at least for one playthrough. I'm playing through it a second time because I played it on Xbox. Now I'm playing it through it on PlayStation. But if you have game, if you have the PlayStation now, it's free on there. And then his second game, uh, Return for Blood or something like that, uh, which is a side-scoring game, kind of like Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. 
Um, it's a, it's a great game. It's an easy achievement game if you want trophies or achievements. It's super easy. You play it one time through. It's easily beaten six hours. Um, I'm having a blast with that. And then I'm making music. Um, got my guitar back up here. I got all the recording equipment I need. I got all my hookups. Um, and I've just been playing and recording a lot of Black Sabbath and Pantera music. <laughs> just kind of getting back into the, the fro of things. So hopefully... We'll, uh, at the beginning of these podcasts, we'll start hearing some of that. And, uh, we're start hearing metal remixes courtesy <laughs> of, uh, of, of that guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I used to do a lot of video game covers when I was younger. Um, but, and then maybe potentially once I figure out where my standings might start a band up again. I don't know. Um, but there is, ta- there is talks about it. Since we're so close to Nashville, it's, uh, kind of a, a win win there. Exactly. Either that or Texas, but um, there's, there's, we have no clue where, you know, where we're going to be in the next ten years. So, um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Um, a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of staying busy and, you know, just enjoying life a little bit, slowing down and enjoying life a little bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty much uh, that's been about it. So now that. We've babbled on about ourselves. We have a review of Mega Man ZX, a game that this man will not shut up about, and that has he has got me wanting to play it <laughs> so goddamn bad. And I own it on two consoles, but I'm a chronological asshole, and I won't play them until I beat the previous games. Tell us I, about ZX, buddy. So I, I I level with you on that. I I, I try to play the games that way too. Um, as Josh can attest to in my multiple attempts to play the first Devil May Cry game and officially as of the other night being like, bruh, I, I gotta I gotta start with a later game. Anyway. And um, Resident Evil. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Because I still but remember Chris walking up on topic that. For this, for this little mini podcast review done by me uh, is, as, as Marshall said, Mega Man ZX. Um, I've been on a huge Mega Man kick. I think Kick is actually probably underselling it. Mega Man 11 came out two years ago, and I have been playing Mega Man games nonstop since then, because uh, I think that game left such an impression on me. Uh, I really liked it. So I've been, you know, after playing Mega Man 11, I when I get caught up, I was like, what are, what are the other games like? So I, you know, I played 3 through 10, not 1 and 2, because I beat those years ago, like 2013, 2014. So I played 3 through 10, enjoyed those. I played X1 through X8, enjoyed those, except for X6. That game's a steaming pile of shit. Um, (laughs) And then as courtesy of the Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection, I've played through the Zero series, love those. Uh, And now I'm on ZX, or the ZX series, currently on ZX Advent. Uh, I'm not really sure if series is the right word. It's only two games, but you get the idea. But I recently beat Mega Man ZX, uh, and for those unfamiliar, it was originally released on the Nintendo DS. Oof, I, I don't actually know what year. I should have had this up in front of me, but it was <laughs> it was released on the Nintendo DS, uh, kind of as Mega Man was starting to fall into obscurity. This is around the time when there were like four fucking games in a row that got canceled, and the series just kind of died, uh, which is very unfortunate, but... Um, I wanted to talk about Mega Man ZX today, not only because it's it's the most fresh in my mind, but it's out of all the Mega Man games, I really don't hear a lot of people talk about the ZX games. 
Uh, and I, I, I got to give a shout out to to uh, a good buddy of mine. His name is Eric. Uh, he, he's uh, one of good the hosts. On the, he's one of the hosts on the All N, a Nintendo podcast. Um, so if y'all are looking for another video game related podcast to check out, go check out All N. Uh, they, they do great stuff. But I'll post uh, a link in the YouTube page. Yeah, absolutely, please. Um, but it, it was it was him that kind of told me about him. He's like, yeah, nobody really seems to talk about these games. I thought they were fantastic. Uh, and, you know, me being the curious game store employee I was, I was like, well, tell me about it, you know? Because this, this is before I got huge into Mega Man. He's like, well, it's a Mega Man Metroidvania. And instantly, right then and there, right then and there, I was like, I need to fucking play this game. So... Yeah, it's a it's a Mega Man Metroidvania. So if you're a big fan of games like Metroid or Castlevania, spe- specifically games like Symphony of the Night or Circle of the Moon or the GBA games, the DS games, so on and so forth, if you're a fan of those type of experience, uh, that's that's essentially what you're getting into with Mega Man ZX. I say essentially because it's not entirely one to one for the Metroidvania playstyle, but it, you know, it, it does a classic thing plot-wise of the Mega Man series where it's like 100 years after the last series and you see remnants of the events that transpired there, in this case, the Zero series. Um, I won't go too much into it because, believe it or not, the further you get in the Mega Man games, the more involved the story gets. Um, so I won't, just for the sake of spoilers, because I know there are actually a lot of people that haven't played this, I'm not going to get too into it, but I, I did enjoy it. That was pretty good. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs and callbacks to, again, the Zero series, uh, which, which put a big old smile on my face because I like the Zero games. Um, but yeah, so just to cover that Metroidvania aspect a little more, uh, as you would come to expect, it's a huge open world. You can explore, find upgrades, find power-ups. Uh, you've got people to talk to uh, in different environments. so. You know, your typical stuff, like you've got a forest, you've got mountains, you've got, um, uh, there was a, oh, you've got like this water area, well, there's two water areas actually, but, um, you know, it gets pretty varied. One's like an icy lake and the other one's like a tropical ocean. Um, but you've also got some, some pretty cool places. You've got the city, you've got a highway that's under attack, um, the whole office or corporate sector of the city is on, on fire. <laughs> um, when you, when you get there the first time, there's an abandoned power plant um, that where it's like, that's actually one of my favorite areas. It's got like this, this, this rainy atmosphere uh, and an absolutely great uh, track called Misty Rain. And on that note, good Lord, Mega Man ZX's OST is, is really good. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Mar- Marshall knows because I've been talking so much about this game. He, he went and listened to the soundtrack. We, we played it at work so much, man. It was amazing. And coming from a fellow artist perspective, that they are articulate as hell in that soundtrack. When you break down the different parts, it they are masterpieces. Like they are genuine the masterpieces. Yeah, I mean it's. It's one of those things where it's like it's a Mega Man game. You have a very safe assumption that um, the music is just going to be good. A lot of people have that same feeling about Sonic games, and I agree with that. But 
yeah, the the soundtrack is fantastic. If you want a few uh, to listen to that really stood out to me, uh, Wonder Panorama is fantastic. Snake Eyes, uh, Ogre Claw. Uh, you can listen to the Repoid remix of Green Grass Gradation. That's an official remix done for the Zero ZX collection, um, which is also really good. Um, I mean, really, the whole soundtrack. Um, I th- oh, there's a, I think it's called Onslaught. That one's really good. But, but you know, without, without spending a lot of time here, I just want to talk about it. I really enjoyed it. It's not it's not a perfect experience. Um, I do feel like it sort of flounders on the Metroidvania aspects a little bit because the map system is terrible. Like, I'm, I'm going to say terrible, but it's not good. It's not detailed like Super Metroid. And the fact that a game from 1994 has a better map system than a game that came out in the late 2000s. <laughs> Especially on the DS, like, that second screen can be used for so much, and you gave us a not good map. Um, so, I, you know, there's really no excuse there. The map is not great. Uh, which, I mean, to its credit, the areas are very simple that you're not likely to get lost anyway. Um, but still, it's it's something they should have paid more attention to. And I will say ZX Advent has improved it. It's a more traditional Metroidvania map. Um, So they did improve it for the sequel. Um, But another thing uh, on that aspect is like, while you can explore and find upgrades and stuff, there's not really a lot. There's like maybe like 12, I think. Um, You know, life ups, sub tanks, different armor chips to give yourself different attributes. There's not really a lot of those. Most of your power-ups actually, it, in traditional Mega Man format, come from defeating bosses, which of course are mandatory to get through the game anyway. So it's it's the game trying to be a more classic, more traditional Mega Man game while also trying to be a Metroidvania, like trying to have its cake and eat it too. Um, which, like I said, I don't think it's a terrible Metroidvania experience. Far from it. I absolutely had a fucking blast playing this game. And I think if you're a fan of Metroidvanias or running gun shooters or running gun platform shooters, whatever you want to call that, definitely play it and, you know, talk about it with your friends. Cause I don't think a lot of people talk about this game and I wish more people did because it's, it's a good one. It's, it's a good one. And uh, like I said, unfortunately, a lot of people haven't played it, but that's all I really got on that. If you guys have any closing thoughts before we move on, I just wanted to, Get some Mega Man talking because I fucking love this series. Excited to get to it, and the soundtrack is <laughs> is OP. Go on Spotify, listen to the soundtrack. That, that's oh yeah, it is on Spotify as well as uh, the ZX Advent, all the Zero games, all the X games, not all the classic games for some reason. They only have one through six, but all that's because they're selling the vinyl. Go take a listen. I think it's because they're selling them on vinyl. But the others are on vinyl too. It doesn't matter. Maybe it's a need of food, I think. I have no clue. <laughs> Josh, you got any input? Nope. I have barely ever poked my middle finger into Mega Man. I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> one day. One day, maybe. We just gotta get failing to play Devil May Cry game, then Josh will pick up Mega Man. I'll take that wager. I already played fucking Metroid for him. I'm ahead. He's oh, the one that needs to catch up. Oh, okay, this so is also true. he has to finish Devil May Cry 2. Other oh, M was a good game. 
<laughs> Probably my favorite of the series. Devil May Cry 2? I mean... No, I said Other M. Oh, Other M. I mean, it's okay. It's a good visual novel. Yeah, it's a great visual novel. Oh. If, okay, how's this? If, if Phelan plays Devil May Cry, and Josh plays the Mega Man game I gave him, I will play Federation Force. I like Federation Force. You would like Federation Force. I do. <laughs> I'll play it with you. We still need to play Triforce Heroes, goddammit. Anyways. Oh, yeah. On to magic. I want to know about this band list. I have not <laughs> looked anything up. Well, I, <laughs> I want to know about this band list because I did not read anything up because I knew Josh was going to be talking about it. So, Josh, hit it. It's a little late now because, like, all the delays we talked about earlier, it's been a Two weeks now, I think. Uh, about a week and a half or so since it happened. But before I get into the band list in particular, I got a question for y'all. So, out of the past 15 years of Magic, would either one of you like to guess what percentage of banned cards were done in the last 12 months out of the entire 15 years of Magic? I oh am. God. I cannot. Uh, I'm not allowed to answer that. Yeah, you are. Guess. You told Last me. Twelve months. You 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 told me. So you told me too. I can't remember. Well, yeah. Go ahead and throw out the numbers. And see if you actually remember it. It's been within the last year, hasn't it? I'm gonna say. I'm. You know what? I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna fucking highball it. Go big or go home. I'm gonna say seventy-five percent. Not that bad. Okay. Is it, isn't it? Um, oh, shit. No, I don't remember. Isn't it about 45? 40, 40%? 45? Higher than that. So, out of the entire standard past 15 years put together, 56% of the cards that were banned oh. on the ban list were done in the last 12 months. Wow. Power creeps. Power creeps a bitch. Most of them from a set called Throne of Eldraine. That set really? like, broke standard, yeah. <laughs> I want to say Eldraine has 10, maybe. It's around 10 cards on the ban list now. Yeah, I Ooh, remember Lord. when that set came out, I was actually, well, I was still working at Game Exchange. I was like, man, I, you know, I want to get back into card games. I think I'm going to start collecting Throne of Eldraine just as this is the newest set. And I... I can't remember why I talked myself out of it, but damn it, I should have done it. But, anyway. There's a pretty big problem in Magic right now with Standard just being flat-out awful. It's actually become one of the least cared about, most uninteresting formats for pretty much everybody. Which, continuing it with the bans that just happened, it's good and bad at the same time. Because... With the bands they did here, uh, actually Standard is looking good now. This is the most hopeful everyone has been in a long time. It's The format's been interesting so far. There's actually... I can hop on Arena and play in Standard, and I don't play the same top-tier deck for 9 out of 10 games. There's actually variety. People are actually experimenting with other things now and learning. But at the same time, it's bad, because we're still having to ban shit like crazy. 
It's just not a good format. And one of the cards I got banned in this ban list wasn't even out for like a whole month before it got banned. Oh, yeah. You know, he was telling me about this one. I've seen the shit it can do. Yeah, I showed Phelan this deck one time, I think over Discord, while I was playing, just to show him how dumb. But, so, October 12th, the ban list hit. They banned Omnath, Locust of Creation, which was the thing basically devouring the format. It, I'll read it off to you, so, Omnath, Locust of Creation, it's a 4 mana, 1 uh, red, green, white, and blue, legendary elemental, so, let me just read out this text tree. Mostly for you, Marshall, because I don't think I've ever even shown you this card. So, when Omnath, Locust of Creation, enters the battlefield, draw a card. Okay, not too crazy, but here, with its landfall ability. I know you know landfall, Marshall. I do. And I th you have a decent grasp on it, Phelan, but I'll do a yeah. quick rundown. So, basically, landfall is, it's just whenever a land enters the battlefield, it's an effect that triggers... Hence the name Landfall. It pops every single time a land comes in, which typically in Magic, uh, you get to play one land a turn, but there's a lot of cards that have been out and about that have made it possible to play multiple lands a turn, so that's part of what's caused the problem with this. So let me read its Landfall ability. So, Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 4 life. This is the first time this ability has resolved this turn. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, and blue uh, to your mana pool. If it's the third time, Omnith deals 4 damage to each opponent in each Planeswalker you don't control. Yeah, that's all on one card. Fuck! <laughs> So the man is it, is it just one or the other? Wait a minute, I think you did show me this card. I might have shown it to you. Hopefully, I don't think I showed you to he, you in action, but yeah, because I I was about to ask, is it all those mana? But then it has the symbols. It has all the symbols on one thing, right? So, mm, what do you mean all the symbols? It has the land symbols that it clarifies. It's it's the symbols, not text, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, I think I. Vaguely remember the card. It uh got banned in less than a month. It completely dominated. I think the tournament it was at, it was like seventy percent of the decks that entered something. Jesus. I don't know. I, yeah, uses <laughs> percentage that is completely insane and it, broken. And I thought, okay, so just just to just to make a parallel here, um Fucking when Sword and Shield came out in Pokemon, you know, people were playing the Zacian Arceus Dialga Palkia deck. Uh, and the first tournament since Sword and Shield came out, over, f uh, or no, it was 50% of entrants at that event were playing that deck. And I thought that was the largest I would ever see like a deck played in any event. But fucking, what did you say, 75%? Something crazy like that. I forget that's, the exact number on the top of insane, my head. That's insane, man. It was all people playing Omnath with, like, there was, like, one or two rogue players, which I think there was actually only one rogue deck there, and that rogue deck was, wasn't was even playing, like, actual rogues. They were playing, like, a rogue uh, Demir Control hybrid, which is actually a really cool and interesting deck. Uh, but it was just insane. 
Because it was even worse. They did a ban list a week, a week and a half, right before this ban list, where they banned a single card. Uro, I've complained about Uro to these guys. <laughs> yeah. He was the bane of the format for so long. And he meshed so well with Omnath that uh, it was just insane. So they hoped they could just ban Uro and maybe it would be okay and they wouldn't have to ban another card that had been out less than a month, like with the infamous Oko. But uh, no, it didn't work. <laughs> it, <sighs> it's just, it was too good. So they banned Omnath. They banned one of the biggest problem ramp cards uh that green ramp was using i don't know who fucking works at magic and makes green cards but like <laughs> green gets they okay. just need to they just need to stop they just need to not be allowed I, to make green cards for a I, while I, I need that person to go to gung-ho and start making green cards in Teppin because holy shit <laughs> god damn it they need it green is like by far like power wise or color wise with its the stuff it can do so far ahead of like all the other colors and it's just a running meme now that green doesn't follow follow the color pie which if you don't know in magic there's the five colors and it's supposed to be each color does something specific something they're good at and just green the last few years it's just they don't care green just does everything <laughs> like I mean, green's been it's, like that for a long time. Even when I played the first time, elementals, and back in Kamigawa, it was white and green all the way. It's insane. So, yeah, it's just crazy. So they banned Omnath. They banned one of the bigger uh, ramp cards, too, that green was using, or that those decks were using. It's called Escape to the Wilds, which Escape to the Wilds is a... Five mana cost, uh, three colorless, one red, one green. It's a sorcery. It is ex exile the top five cards of your library. You may play cards exiled this way until the end of your turn. You may play an additional land this turn. Oh, so, oh God. Yes. Yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> but as you can see, in a deck where you're making so much free mana with Omneth, and with another card that came out called Lotus Cobra, which Lotus Cobra is just whenever you play a land, you can uh, create a mana of any color. That's insane, because you play that, you pull out five cards of your library that you get to play, you play another land, pop like two Lotus Cobras, pop an Omnath, and you just keep going. It, it just, it was... I don't know. It was just wasn't fun. It was like if you wanted to try to play competitive magic <laughs> in standard and even outside of standard for some of it, ain't nothing. This is all you got. Like, and then got they it. banned uh, a card called Lucky Clover, which <clears throat> Lucky Clover is a two colorless mana artifact. Whenever you cast an adventure instant or sorcery spell copy it you may choose new targets for the copy which you want to guess what set it's from you get one guess brown yep <laughs> <laughs> which oh. that one's been around for a while and it wasn't 
too bad, but people suddenly realized. Yeah, some people suddenly realized how well they could abuse it. Because the top deck in that tournament I was talking about that used Omnath was playing a deck type called Adventures Omnath. Because it used a lot of the adventure cards from Eldering. And it's just. You could maybe stop the Omnath. You could maybe stop the Lucky Clover. But there was really nothing you could do because if there was one instance where you didn't have a response and let like any of those things resolve then you're fucked because like it copies sorcery spells and you can choose a new target for the spell escape to the wilds was a sorcery spell so you can play that for one copy it and it goes off twice oh shit and <laughs> yeah bye they had plenty of shit like that. Genesis Ultimatum. It it was just it. The whole deck was just basically. I didn't even watch the tournament really because the entire top eight. It was just was who could get it faster. <laughs> it was just mirror matches, like, uh, the rogue player he made it to top eight, but he got knocked out like immediately, and then it was just mirror match fucking Omnath all the way through and that shit is boring to watch. <laughs> oh my god. So, and actually this tournament had like record low views. People are just not about standard right now like I said. But, I mean, standard's fun and I want to get back into it but I don't think I want to go for what is it called? Legacy? Legacy. That's one of them yeah. Like it just it sounds like the restrictions and kind of just how things are without knowing too much about it. It's like um there there's like Legacy's the one that is not all the way back, right? No, Legacy's the one that's uh pretty much all the way back. What's what's the other one? Modern. Modern, yeah. Modern Modern's um, like two thousand and twelve. It's after one of the Ravnica sets and afterwards. Okay, yeah, I might might go that route with a with a sixty, but otherwise, I'll probably stick with Commander and um, Modern's what I want to build for a sixty now. Yeah, I think it's, that'll be a safer bet. I mean, Standard definitely it has its place and it's fine, especially if you're going to card shops regularly. Standards good or worth being in, but the thing i mean the thing about the standard is yeah it might be cheaper up front to build your decks and that's awesome but eventually that deck's going to rotate out and then you're going to have to build a new deck then you're going to have to build a new deck so yeah what you actually end up spending keeping up with standard if you would put it in in chunks you could make yourself a modern deck that you really liked or even a legacy deck or whatever and you'll have that deck forever like there are people that play, like, fucking fully blinged out John Sack food decks in Legacy, and it's not even good. for It hasn't been good for a while, but you put that much money in a deck, it's like, your deck. You don't care, that's your deck, that's what you're gonna play. Yeah, you can do more personality because you're not as tied down or restricted. Yeah. Like, you it's just more... You can what? I was gonna say you could afford to like actually do things like bling out and single and legacy modern or commander because you know you're always gonna have that deck. But sometimes when standard rotates out, yeah, you could gut your standard deck and 
Because when it works out of standard, it basically just becomes a modern deck, but which isn't a bad thing in itself because you can gut those and uh you know I, you have more access to more cards that you could probably actually make them better. But eh, that's a little off topic from where I was going. But uh, <laughs> basically, it's just the bands and magic have been insane, and people are kind of sick of it. But at the same time. Uh, Wiz Wizards is dropping so many like broken, crazy cards. You have to actually, you have to like beg. You want the bans to happen because you're like, I just want this format gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, wins rotation. <laughs> I know. I love Throne of Eldorain personally. I love the idea for that set. The fucking fairy tales and all that shit and I love the artwork and a lot of the cards yeah the con the concept for it is, is fucking awesome it's it's cool but man I will be happy when it rotates out of standard <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the I think what like that's one of the reasons why like I didn't get back into magic until I, I met up with you guys just because it's like trying to keep one keeping up with it and trying to figure out just how not to get your ass beat every single time. It's so daunting for new players. Unless they have a friend that's in it that can explain it to them. It's just trying to get into it yourself is just so difficult. Which, I have a few problems with MTG Arena. But if you're interested in playing Magic or learning it, honestly, that's such a good option. Because you can go on there, you can learn cards, you can play against people with their decks. And you have the benefit of... Uh, having the automation to help teach you how the game works you can't which is, which is a big deal yeah you can't really you can i mean there's definitely ways you can mess up and choke with buttons but like when something happens like someone plays a spell if you have potential responses to that spell or anything else that can go off in your hand or on the field it'll highlight it and it'll be like do you want to activate this or this which is super helpful when you're new because it teaches you basically what you can use in situations and what actually won't resolve or what it won't work. And it's just a good way to get a basic grasp on the rules because trying to learn paper magic, like, even now, I have a pretty solid, decent grasp on the rules. Nowhere to the level of a judge or anything, but, like, enough to play the game. But I can usually once every game still at least once a game or a game phone. night. <laughs> someone has to we have to pause and hop on the phones and look up at how something resolves or on how something happens. And there's plenty of games we played through with mistakes and gone on, which that's part of the fun in playing in person, honestly, is mistakes happen and you do that game. And then like a day later, you're like, hey, you remember when I exiled your commander? Apparently he didn't have to stay exiled. My yep. bad. Uh, and then the, then the new was, rule set that came was, out. That made me. That made me a very sad man. I was like, <laughs> that my was commander right was exiled. But at the same time, that's your own fault because you should have taken the initiative to look up the rules there and make sure I knew what I was talking about. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that right around the same time as the commander rule change? Nah, I think it was the rule change was a little before that. Okay, yeah, because I remember playing back, I was like, oh shit. 
Which it wouldn't have affected that situation at all. That situation was, we thought, you know, we knew if it went to the graveyard, you could put it in the command zone. If it went to your hand or deck, you could put it in the command zone. But for some reason, we all came to the conclusion that, like, if it got exiled, that was, like, the only way to actually get rid of a commander. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah. not. Which is, yeah, not, yeah. not a thing. No. No, it, it lands and then it bounces. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, so uh, crazy. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I'm hopeful that things are going to help start to balance out here, which Wizards has acknowledged their problem with the card development and whatnot, but part of the problem is Wizards develops their sets so far ahead. Like, they work, I think it's, like, a year and a half to two years and a half ahead of what they're actually releasing. So, as they're learning from mistakes from sets that come out, they still have sets that are, like, finished or almost finished that you can't really change that we have to get through first, <laughs> which is what they've stated here. So hopefully, pray to God, soon, with the next few sets, we'll start seeing some of those changes actually come into effect. That actually reminds me of, like, back in high school, like, me and my friends would create our own cards and run them in decks, like make sure they won't weren't too overpowered, but still stupid crazy, and it it got wacky. So I can just imagine being a card creator for for wizards would be so amazing. But it, how easy it could be to get carried away. Yeah, I mean, if you want insight on that, uh, look up Mark Rosewater and like just listen to his podcast. He does podcast every Fridays. He's been one of the lead designers of Magic for like the last twenty five years. He's worked in their R&D department. And you can learn a lot from listening to him and the stories he has to tell. It's really interesting. To That's check two that podcasts we recommended this podcast. Got two. But uh, that kind of sums up about what I really just wanted to ramble about there. It's just, like It's interesting how bad the power creep has gotten in the last year or so which they stated that they wanted to up the power in Magic going forward, but they just went too hard. <laughs> they see if they and, can regulate themselves. Yeah, which it causes problems. I mean, if this was like an online game only, like you could say Teppin, for example, or Hearthstone or whatever, not a big deal. Ban the card, refund, refund them for some gems or cards or whatever. Yeah, patch it out, change what it actually does, and you're good to go and move on. The problem with, like, Magic in particular is there's the physical card game aspect, and there's real-world value tied to those cards. Like, say someone was super excited, wanted to get ahead of the curve and play this Omnath Depth, and they dropped, like, a $120, $200 on four Omnaths. Guess what? Not anymore. You're shit out of luck now. <laughs> That band list covers all formats, right? No. Covers standard. Oh, covers standard. Uh, Omnath was banned in standard. It was banned in historic, which historic is basically le legacy for NTG Arena. Okay. They don't have they don't have all the cards to uh do true legacy on arena yet. So what they've done instead is they made historic 
which historic is uses all the old sets that have been put on arena and then they do shit where they pick out old sets like they just did Amonkhet not that long ago and they'll do like Amonkhet remastered where they go through Amonkhet and they don't bring every single card from Amonkhet over but they bring a lot of them and they put that in arena and it goes into historic which historic's a lot of fun to play But uh, look into that. But I see the problem that it, uh, you you post. It's like you spend 120 bucks for a casual deck, <laughs> like for something you can only play with friends who are willing to let you use it. Yeah, not tournament legal anymore. You you can't get wild card backs for real cards, and then as soon as it's banned, its value drops tremendously. So you probably can't sell it for a fraction of what you had to buy them for. Can confirm that is that is how that goes most of the time. Yeah, I've seen it happen. Thankfully, so, I've not been on the other end of that. But my advice: always stay away from the top number one deck in any card game you're playing. Because guess what? Top number one deck in most card games you're usually going to get at least something banned out of it. <laughs> you're a lot better off playing the second or third top deck because you're still going to get really good results, but you're safe. <laughs> Except in rare cases. That's why I've always been hesitant about building like decks that have have been top tier in tournaments and stuff because like I don't want to invest the money and then like two weeks later I wasted my money you know. Um, I mean, you got to do you can do a little look in there too because it's like if the deck's reasonable and not like completely broken then you're probably fine. But if you look at a deck and you're like, man, that deck's fucking broken, and it costs like $600 to build it because people want to make that deck and it's crazy, just don't bother. It's it's going to get hit. It's going to get hit. It's probably going to get hit hard. Yeah. But it'll be interesting going forward. I took up more time here than I meant to, so I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and bring us on over to our last topic, Marshall. <laughs> no worries. I'm I'm a huge Magic fan too, and always have been. And I'm happy I'm back in it. So, getting to learn more where I can because I don't have the time to look it up myself is always appreciated. So, uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us about it. Um, my topic isn't gonna be a super long one. Um, it's kind of uh, a generalized topic. We're gonna be talking about the new Monster Hunter movie and video game movies, kind of in in general. Um, so as a lot of people have noticed already, or anybody who's a fan of, uh, Mia, Mila, Mila, Mia, is it Mia? Our, the, the star actor from the Resident Evil movies, um, and she was also in Fourth Encounters, um, or Close Encounters, sorry. Um, no, it's Fourth Encounter. Shit. I don't know. She was in a, she was in an alien movie, uh, along with the Resident Evil movies, um, She's going to be co-starring or she's going to be starring in a new Monster Hunter movie based off the Monster Hunter franchise. Originally, I didn't. Originally, I wasn't really feeling this movie. I wasn't really kind of on board with it. Um, I ha I'm not super huge into the Monster Hunter series. I know enough about it to kind of know how it's supposed to go. And when I initially saw the trailer, I had a lot of reservations about it. I'm like, who the hell? Where are these this military aspect coming from? You know, what is all this coming from? And then 
as I watched the trailer again, I noticed they get teleported to another world. They basically get sucked up in this vortex and warp to another world. And if anybody's plays Monster Hunter World, that's kind of what the, ended up happening originally was everyone got like a new world has created and everybody switched universes and where that is in the lore and that follows i'm not 100 percent sure because monster hunter worlds where i really seriously started playing the game um so i'm not sure of anything before that um and seeing you know seeing the trailer let me see that okay modern weapons from our world are not going to work we have to adapt these new weapons and these new abilities that this world has and then um looking into it uh, the creature design is really good the outfits look cool the weapons look sick um not too f fond of the way the abilities work but it you know you see this one scene where she's slashing uh this this like fire ability and she's slashing at one of the creature's ankles um it looks really good but i don't know it's, i have mixed feelings about it i don't think it's going to be a terrible movie um, but I don't think it's going to be one of the best movies either, but we could be wrong. I mean, a lot of people said that about Sonic and Sonic ended up being one of the best experiences I've had. Uh, we all got to go see it and it was fantastic. It was um, pretty great. I do recommend that movie. Yeah, I'm excited for the second also one. Detective Pikachu. Sorry. I just going to leave that. Oh, yes. Do you, uh, do you guys hear that because of COVID? And what's happened with this year? Sonic's like set to gross be the number one movie of the year. Oh, are you serious? Oh man! Because <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with that. If the article I glazed through read, it's true because Marvel didn't get to drop anything this year and whatnot. So <laughs> Sonic was like one of the last movies that got to go before all this happened and. <laughs> yeah, the only thing Marvel we've gotten is New Mutants, and me and me, I haven't seen it yet. Me and Panda are supposed to go see it in the next couple of weeks, um, but I don't think that's been turning. Nobody wants to go out and watch a movie, so everybody's waiting for it to come to DVD or streaming services. But that would be awesome to have a video game movie be at the top. That'd be hilarious. But I mean, in terms in terms of the Monster Hunter movie, we're gonna have to wait and see. It's kind of a 50-50 mix right now for a lot of people, including me. It could end up being complete crap, or it could end up being pretty good, like Sonic was. But as a whole, video game movies, a lot of people don't understand why they make them, but I understand, I, me and quite a few others understand that it's a media and, you know, it's a way to get people into the franchise. It's a way to introduce new people. But so many studios go the wrong direction with it. House of the Dead, um, the Mario Brothers movie. Uh, what was the other one that I was wanting to think? Resident Evil was good for like the first one, and then they dropped the ball. Um, I don't know. As we we were talking Mark about Van Damme and Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Oh my God! The Mortal Kombat movies weren't super terrible. They weren't great, but for you. It was the most important day of your life. <laughs> For me, it was Tuesday. Today. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Jesus, man. Oh, God. Yeah, you have movies like Street Fighter. Like, the thing is, is there have been video game movies coming out since the 90s, and probably before that, even. Probably in the late 80s. Like, 89, I think, was maybe the first one. 
But and there's some good live action ones. The first Resident Evil one, the first, uh, which the new Resident Evil movie is supposed to go back to the original story. Um, in the name of the king, which is Dungeon Siege, it was done very well. The Dragon Age movies did well. Um, but I didn't even know there were Dragon Age movies. Huh? Yep. Felicia Day is in the second one. Tron. Huh. Tron. Tron's another really good one. Um, Tron's actually one of my favorite franchises of all time. Um, it's how I got, you know, one of my original nicknames. Um, and it's, uh, it's, if it's done in CGI or animated, it can normally turn out really good. If you're not Final Fantasy. Um, spirits within exists remember it's that amazing it is oh my god it's, it's okay amazing. it's not terrible but god damn it no it's terrible and that's why it's amazing <laughs> okay i could i I'll, I'll let you have that one because i like the original mario bros movie so we'll we'll have that one but um, some of them like Advent Children. I loved Advent Children. I fucking Advent loved... Children is legitimately good though. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Um, the new I saw a little bit of the uh the new one, the one about Kingsdale, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen was was Kingsglaive. Kingsglaive, yeah. yeah. Um, that one uh had that really good, good reviews. Um, uh, other movies like uh, the Resident Evil animated series or CGI movies were phenomenal. I love Regeneration. Um, I love Damnation. The um. What was uh, the one that uh, me and Josh watched within the last year? Was um, what was it? Choose your quest, or it was Drag- a Dragon Quest or whatever. Yeah, it was a Dragon Quest movie, which was all done animation, and it kind of yeah. moved into the real world for a little bit. But um, it was like a kind of like an Aseki in a way. You know, you were already, you were wrapped up in the game. Um, that's very loosely. Uh, don't don't call me on it. Don't. It's it's virtual reality kind of thing, but I mean there are really good instances out there. Fucking Halo Legends. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Halo Legends is godlike. The Forward on to Dawn TV show was really good. That one was another series. one. I enjoyed that one a lot. The Dead Space movies are really good. Yes. Uh Dead the, Space movies? Yeah, they made was it two or three animated movies? It I watched was, them all. It was oh, Dead oh, Space animated. and Af- okay. Aftermath yeah. and then something else. Yeah. Downpour. Downpour, yeah. Downpour they were both us. good. Uh, the Dragon Age animated movie was really good. EA went through a period where they experimented a lot with animated movies, and they made some really good shit, but, you know, EA being EA, decided it wasn't profitable enough, even though it was profitable. <laughs> they didn't continue them. Uh... I'm I'm still trying to remember which ones they did. I remember the Assassin's Creed movies, like they had Bloodlines and Lineage, which were yeah. But then the new Assassin's Creed came out, um, and I actually liked that one. It was a it wasn't following the the game you know spade for spade, but it it had a really cool. It, I thought it was really cool the way they did the new Assassin's Creed movie. Um, where I, it's not new anymore, but. Um, where it's just called Assassin's Creed. They made it more realistic. Like, And that's one of the things where I feel like the concepts get lost is they're tr- they try to take these 
games and put real life adaptations into them where they try to put how it can be actually relevant and how it could actually happen into these movies and it just tanks and very rarely ever works outside of a medieval setting or a um, maybe a zombie apocalypse setting because zombie movies can very easily go one way or another on the spectrum. Um, zombie movies are kind of a specialty of mine, so I've seen a lot of good ones and a whole lot of bad ones. <laughs> so um, it's very game movies and like books and whatnot. It always comes down to there has to be a director behind the project that's passionate about the product he's bringing to the big screen. Yes, they have to care about it and actually know about it, and the producing companies have to be willing to like leave them alone and not try to dig their fingers in and do changes that they would think would fit demographics better or whatnot. Because that's how you get a lot of the stupid bland shit out there. If you let a director that loves a project run with it, that's when you get really good shit. Like Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Oh, like, that movie's I, so st- good. I still want a day to veto as Pikachu though. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I still wanted like that 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 smoker's voice detective Pikachu. I still wanted that. Oh my that. goodness! Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> but it's I mean they're so hit and miss, and it's like the the thing is there have been a a handful of good ones. A whole lot of bad ones. I still can't believe. Did anyone know there was a Dead Rising movie? Yeah. No, actually. Dead Rising Watchtower. We shall have to watch it for a game night sometime. Yeah. <laughs> House of the I'm Dead. Not sure if I want to after that. Pissed me off. House of the Dead made me so fucking mad, and they made a second one. Like, ju- like. Like, the thing is, is these guys can attest that House of the Dead is probably one of my favorite arcade games. Me and Josh, when we, we, we raided the arcade, we went through the whole fucking storyline for House of the Dead. Was it two? Or th- no, that was the... Yeah, it was I think two. it was the original. Was it the original? I think um, so. I have the whole playthrough on my phone. But we played the living shit out of it, and they made that movie, and it pissed me off. And the thing is, is that's the one thing about this medium is... Or this... this genre of movie because it selects two separate demographics because there are people that are movie fans and then there's people that are video game fans and they're trying to mesh the two together and they're going to piss off one of the two every time and the bad part is is a majority of these movies have pissed off both (laughs) they they have screwed it up which overshadows uh it casts this huge cloud over the few good ones that we've gotten and it's like when people say and it's because of those people say that we shouldn't make video game movies because of the bad ones. But like like you said, if you have the right people making the movie and the production companies and the just a corporate part of that fucks off, we could potentially have some great things like there are movies we could have a whole podcast dedicated to games we would love to see movies on. Like I would love to see an authentic Call of Duty Black Ops movie. Like I would, that would I be see, really interesting, actually. Far, like Woods and Mason and stuff, like having them Reznov, having a dedicated Reznov movie would be fucking dope. Um, having like Mega Man movie, I'm hoping that one actually turns out really well. So yeah, well, I was I was actually about to bring that up when you were started talking about kids who want to see his movies. Full disclosure, and if you've listened to our other episodes, you know this about me. I'm not a huge movie guy. 
that just it's a media I grow rather impatient with rather quickly because uh, I'd rather just be playing a video game if I have time to watch a movie. But uh, that being said, I do enjoy watching some here and there, mostly comic book movies. So, you know, there, there's been talks of a, of a live action Mega Man film for a couple of years now, and we haven't heard anything about it. And people were beginning to think it was canned until recently Capcom or whoever was like, nope, still happening. And, you know, it's a thing. I hope it's good. Because um, I'm not, there's no way in hell I'm not going to see it as, as the Mega Man fan that I am. Um, but yeah, it's just, I just hope we get the situation where it's like, whoever's in charge gets the series. They know what the fans like about the world, about the characters, about the stories. And the, like Josh said, just takes that idea and run with it without, yeah, you know, corporate big wigs being like, oh, you gotta have the military and, and cool shit like that for the mass appeal. And I'm like, stop, stop. Don't go for mass <laughs> appeal. Go for the core audience. Yeah, because I mean, the money they're going to make from that, from even if it's a good movie, people go see it twice. You know, you're still going to make, you know, box office. You're not going to bust any records, but if the game's big enough and the demographic is there, it's going to be huge. It's like, to be honest, I think the people that should direct these movies, or at least should be helping the director, if anyone has ever seen some of the fan movies, people that just fans make in their free time, there has been some epic stuff. There's been, there's this one, I can't remember what the channel was. He does some of the most coolest IRL anime stuff with After Effects, and it blows my mind every time. He did like Naruto, and he did uh, One Punch, and he's done Dragon Ball. And then there's another one who did a Resident Evil movie, and it was one of the best zombie movies I'd ever fucking seen. And it was like, this dude did it in his off time, with a fucking with his fucking camera with his phone and a bunch of friends and he made a better Resident Evil movie than a fucking multi-million dollar production company like like get some of those people in there get some of the fans in there for criticism and like let the fans be involved with it and I guarantee they're going to be way better off to be honest like getting actual feedback on kind of how these can go I understand being a director like I've I've delved into movie making and that's kind of where I wanted to go with my career for. So I was wrapped up in it for a few years um, and just the whole thing that goes into it. And I can understand the director wanting his vision to come out. If they love the franchise, they want to make it, but they want to make it in their image. They have to remember that their image, not everyone is going to like that. <laughs> so, and that's one of the biggest things. Like you have people like Peter Jackson had an amazing image on a book series. He loved made a bunch of great movies. James Cameron, same thing. But they also have released movies that people hated because they didn't like the same vision. And it's like, when you deal with a franchise that people love, you have to be careful. You have to be very careful to take the general sense of what that idea of the whole thing is because you're spending millions and millions of dollars and you don't want that to turn into just a, a fan adaptation and have actual fans make a better product than you on a fraction of the budget. In my opinion, the best video game to media 
thing that's ever been produced is the Castlevania series on Netflix. I agree. I think, I think from like video game to a media, that shit is perfect. Like it is so good. They like incorporated the world so well. They changed things for sure, and they kind of did did small stuff to suit their needs. But at the core, you watch that and you feel like the, this is Castlevania. Like there's no question about it. You don't feel like any liberties were really taken or stuff was changed for demographics. They were like, we're gonna make a Castlevania show, and they did it. Yeah, it, it was very well done. Me and me and my wife have been watching it, and it has been. We just finished season two, and it it just blown us away. It's and the thing is, luckily they picked a franchise. They picked a game specifically, the or at least the time frame of a game specifically that didn't have a whole lot of story wrapped up into it. So they had a lot more freedoms with it. They could do a lot more wrapping up and just making sure they had this thing set up. But the thing is, is they also gave ode to the other games too, like with the weapons and different lore. And I'm, I'm not going to do spoilers. You guys need to go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, but they, 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 t they were able to have more freedom with it and adjust it a little bit with the characters and, um, kind of have stuff set up and they even had other games. Um, there's, a, there's some stuff that is even an ode to like one of the PlayStation games. And, um, you guys might know what I'm talking about, how it felt like a certain game at the end of season two. Maybe. <laughs> there's a response, but it, it felt like, um, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it felt like Symphony of the Night for a little bit of uh, the way they did a few things with the story and just the combat and everything. And yeah, I, I completely agree that that Castlevania needs to be a staple for how a show is done. And I feel that shows are probably going to be way more successful than the movies anyways, because um, there have been a, a, a huge amount of video game shows that have been really good. Um, Pokemon. Huge one, um, definitely for real. Even though those aren't too closely related, that's that's kind of a whole its own niche by itself. But um, I'm not gonna lie; I would love to see a Pokemon Coliseum or <laughs> or Pokemon Stadium game or a movie or a show. I, I would love I to want, see the show. All I want is Capcom to to make them or or somebody to make a Mega Man X animated series. Yes, anime. And Darkstalkers, like like in the, like in the style of the Rockman Online trailers from back in the yesteryears of canceled Mega Man games, like that shit is so fucking cool and proves that Mega Man X can work as an anime, but it it doesn't. They don't do it. And the the original cartoon did pretty damn well, except we got Dirt Man for a few frames, but oh yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great frame. <laughs> And every t and the thing is that's that meme still comes up in my head every time you mention Mega Man. I think Mega Man, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I to think of Dirt Man, but like they could do it. Like there have been so many great things, and that's why I'm excited about this new Resident Evil show that's coming out. Um, it's it's going to be set in a TV show format, even though that's you know we're talking about movies, but just digital media outside of a video game. 
these games could be done so well, we just need to be careful about how they do it. But I think we have a podcast topic for a later time for talking about what we would love to see and if it would be a show or a movie. What do you guys think? Maybe we can do like a, a top top three, top four. I'm down. Something. But that's about all I had to say. Did you guys have any last uh, thoughts on that topic? I will just reiterate that I would like a Mega Man X anime. Dude, uh, Devil May Cry. Make, uh, make, well, more, make more live action video game movies like Detective Pikachu. You know about the Devil May Cry, right, Marshall? I bought it for you. No. The guys made that making the Castlevania series are making a Devil May Cry series. What? And it's actually going to be connected to that Castlevania universe. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's going to be good. Because I still need to borrow the, the series I gave you so I can watch it. I haven't got to watch that anime yet either. That's what I'm waiting for. No shitty Mega Man shit. Who cares about that? <laughs> oh, 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 shots I mean, fired. If, if we wanted to make that, I'd just buy you a bag of lemons, Phelan, and we can go in the backyard. <laughs> and I'll put, I'll put like five cinder blocks together and googly eyes to it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I totally, I'm totally want you guys to cosplay. Like, I will buy Phelan that Mega Buster and you can take Rebellion and go at it. Oh God! <laughs> I, I would. I would totally record that shit. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's gonna be it for the last topic, guys. Does anybody have anything coming out? Any kind of upcoming events, streams they want to talk about before we close out? Uh if I get a day off, I will. So, fucking, I, I I've not streamed Super Paper Mario for a while. I know I've mentioned it a lot. Um, like I said, I only stream on my off days because that's just easier for me. Um, I'm about to get the manager position at work, or at least I'm like 99.9999% certain that's going to happen here within the next few days. Um, so that's cool, but that means more, more hours, more hours means less time off. I only get like one day off a week. And, you know, recently I did have a day off and I was like, I, I can't, I'm too tired to stream today. And then I went to Florida to go see my parents and all that kind of stuff. So. On my next day off, that's coming up. I'm still working on, you know, my review for Remember Me. I actually need to get back to editing Let's Plays. I have some old footage archive that I need to get back to editing. Um, but yeah, just be on the lookout for that stuff. You follow me on Twitter at Emerald underscore Element. Twitch, Emerald, uh, Emerald underscore Element. And on YouTube, and Emerald underscore Element. Very cool, very Not cool. Emerald Space Element, that is a completely different channel that is wildly more successful than mine. That has something to do with, like, tarot cards or something. <laughs> uh, Josh, you got anything coming up? No, not for a little while. I've got changes going on in my life with my job and whatnot, and I've got to figure out what my new schedule is going to be and how that's all going to go first. So I'm kind of on pause from anything besides randomly hopping into random stuff. Like, if you want to see me for 20 minutes in Marshall's Quake stream, you can go check that out. I hopped in, like, at the very end and played two games. <laughs> and that, that was fun. That was, that was really fun. I definitely want to do more. Uh, we definitely, um, Josh will possibly uh, always hop in. You'll see him in chat quite a few times. Um, 
he'll pop in to say hi so you guys can say hi to him then uh, maybe we can do some world of warcraft stuff coming up because i'm seriously thinking about hopping back in too but um i'm gonna need your guys's help i'll talk to you about that in private um i probably mentioned it to you guys once before but we'll talk about that later um i don't have anything besides maybe a potential few streams coming up um i've uh decided to kind of take a little hiatus from posting regularly on my channel um gonna focus mainly on streaming and getting my life sorted out since me and my wife are still down here and we have to figure out some real life shit as well as getting home to see the guys and have some fun with them but uh other than that just gonna be playing some horror games hopefully on stream maybe we'll play some yeah. of that uh fan phantom whatever phasmophobia yeah something that that one ghost hunter game maybe some among us because i've actually been really liking that game and that game's fun you know, maybe we'll make some content to that, but uh, we'll I, be... I did. I did want to say I did forget to mention uh, we, we're we're planning in the books to actually get some Teppin content in. Yes. So if if my brief description of it earlier piqued your interest, and and or if you like Capcom properties, be on the lookout for that on our YouTube channel. Yep, we have some Teppin content uh, that we're talking about. We're talking about some magic content as well, physical and digital um and then whatever let's plays that we think about coming up soon so uh be on the lookout for that guys you can follow us on the tilt mavericks twitter and that's at tilt mavericks if i'm correct yes uh, uh, at, tilt, at, at tilt mavericks on twitter reach out to us uh about any of today's topics we like to keep the conversation ongoing so if you listen today and you have some input definitely reach out to us all of us have access to the account so you could be talking to any one of us and like i said we'd love to take the conversation further yep we're we're always open to chat even if we're not live uh just uh talk us up we won't shut up if you start it so <laughs> but uh yeah, anyways right. um i guess if you guys want to follow me i'm on twitch uh at flynn one um i'm on twitter at boomer pixels and that's without the e so uh p-i-x-l-s as well as on instagram as boomer pixels um, I post some random stuff on there every now and then. I'm thinking about starting a small little series on there because that's a lot easier to do than a full YouTube video. So might do that, might start TikTok, who knows? Um, I'll post that later on. But uh, yep, yeah, thought it was uh, definitely a fun one and uh, hopefully we won't go so long before the next one. But I uh, want to thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to hit that um, subscribe button um, on the YouTube page. And all of our social media links and everything are in the description down there. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. So if you are finding us on one of those platforms, those are the other platforms you can find us on. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for watching. We'll see you.